Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on, friends? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. This is that time of day when you are getting that shot of inspiration. And we're talking with driven entrepreneurs, getting the backstory and some life and business lessons along the way. I'm your host, Matt Brawning. So good to be back with you in your life. Hey, if you're listening to this, of course, live in your car, on the treadmill, wherever you are, um, put away the distractions and buckle in because this episode is going to blow you away. It's blowing me away as my guest today is going to be talking all about hacks. We're going to do a five hacks to use your book and get into a book to leverage and grow your business. If you have a book already, you're going to learn some insight into what to do with your book. And if you don't have a book yet, if you're not an author, every entrepreneur at some stage, you got to consider having a book. And we're going to talk about that with my guest today, Dr. Izdahar Jamil. Um, I've been getting to know Dr. Jamil or Izzy, as I like to call her, um, for the last while part of this year. And she's just such an amazing human being. She's a PhD, a five-time number one international bestselling author herself, a Ted ED presenter, She's been on Fox television and all over major publications like NBC, ABC, Business Innovator, Thrive Global, and just recently had a really great um, uh, feature in Forbes. So without any further ado, let's bring Izdahar on. How are you? Are you there with us, my dear? Hi. Hello, hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. How are you? Hope you're having an amazing day and happy new year. Hey, they all say yes. They say they're having an amazing day. <laughs> I love your infectious energy. This is so exciting. One of the reasons I want to have you on is really because of that energy that you bring to every project. Have you, do you, do you, first off, do you track any personality kind of profiling type stuff? Do you identify as leaning in, you know, whether it's introverted, extroverted, or have you always had this much energy? Do you, is this you at home? Can you just kind of speak to that? That I, I just love your infectious energy and I want to know if I can learn it or if it's natural or tell me some insight into that. Well, um, actually, by when I, the last time I did these personality thingy, I'm actually an introvert, Matt. So if you meet me in a room, I will be the quietest person at the corner. So you wouldn't see me like this. But then again, right? And then I thought about, right, how can I grow my business? How can I be out there? How can I be visible? So I train myself to transform into an extrovert. Um, because, you know, reality is, if you're hiding, nobody's going to see you. So I train myself. I'm always like this. I'm at home. I'm with the people that I'm most comfortable with. 
this is me once you get to know me. I'm just like, oh, up and down, lots of energy. Because, you know, running a business requires high energy. Having That's kids, awesome. taking care of kids requires high energy. That's awesome. And you know what's interesting to me is you said you, you're, you identify kind of more on the introverted scale. So in a group, you're not going to be the, the talkative one, quote unquote. But do you find yourself like, like my wife is very, she's introverted for sure. So in a big crowd, it drains her energy, but she loves people. And I sense that you, I know you love people. You love being around people. She turns on and thrives when it's a small group of like one-on-one, or if we have a couple, if we have a couple over at our house, you know, and it's two on two, she really gets energized with that, but she'll get really tired if she goes to like a group workshop are you, is that part of why you're finding, I know you do a lot of one-on-one consultations and you connect with people one-on-one. And I know that's how we first connected. You reached out and said, Hey, you know, let's talk and let's make a time. Is that something that you're, you found as a resource for you that, you know, you're good at it. So you, you design your business around it, or do you do it all? Um, I do both actually, because I know from one-on-one it leads to group. So like I'm best at one-on-one because I think like in the beginning, group scares me a lot, you know, like speaking to all this, like a lot of eyeballs scares me a lot. So one-on-one is best for me, but this is the thing is these are skills that you can train and develop. So I've trained myself over the years to be really good at group settings. So if you put me in a group setting, I thrive. If I give a masterclass or a course in front of women or, you know, entrepreneurs, I can thrive in both. Because I felt that mad. People always think it's either or, right? Introvert or extrovert. But what if you can have both? Who says you can't be an introvert and extrovert as and when you choose? I definitely see it more as a sliding scale. It's like, you know, on the old radio dials, right? Before mm. digital, it's analog. And it's like on one far side, you have extrovert, one far side, you have introvert. I think that's Mm -hmm. true for pretty much every personality style, communication style, whether it's DISC or Myers-Briggs or Life Languages or Enneagram, Mm -hmm. you know, all those ones. It's like, you know, I'm a big number seven Enneagram, but it doesn't mean that that's all I am, right? That's not my identity, but I do lean towards it more and I have more tendencies there. Um, So maybe I'm 80% of the way. And I don't know where I fit on an introvert, maybe 75% extrovert, 25% introvert. So it's a fun conversation nonetheless. Hey, I want to ask you about, um, you know, you obviously were coming on, we're talking about books and all the work mm-hmm. you do with clients and the books you've been writing. Um, you have a really interesting take on books. When you were growing up, did you always want to write? Were you like, did you love words and reading? Or is this something that you found later in life? Uh, you know, and maybe that you never thought you would. Can you tell me a little bit about the discovery process of the idea of even writing a book in the first place? I think like, you know, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't enjoy reading that much. I really didn't. I would just rather watch TV more often. Um, But I think like for the last, let me see, three, four, three, four years, five years or so, when I'm started to shift to be really a, a serious entrepreneur, if you want to call it, a serious entrepreneur. And I saw people kind of like becoming authors and using that to grow and leverage the business. And in my, my, my mind, I was like, oh, that would be so cool if I can be an author too. I, you know, at first it's like, it was really cool kind of thing. And then as I go along, I'm like, you know what? This is amazing because number one, I can use the book to get more clients. And number two, ask any money guru out there that would always say, have a book. 
is a source of passive income. It's how you get to please this. So, and then opportunity came to me where I was invited to my very first book project. And I said, yes, and have never looked back. So here I am now within 18 months, I got five number one books um, within a short period of time. That's interesting. And what I'm curious about as well is I know you have some, some unique ways you go about it. There's um, you know, to the general public, a lot of people think, oh, like writing a book is this thing that you take three to 20 years to do and you have an agent and you have a writer and you have an editor and you just, there's only one way, right? You go to a cabin and you write a book. Mm-hmm. There are so many different processes for it. So before we get to that, though, I want to ask you, who do you think in the entrepreneur space needs a book? I have my opinions about it. Is it everyone? Are there certain types of businesses that can thrive more than others? Can you kind of jump in on that that conversation? Absolutely. Me personally, I would feel that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a serious entrepreneur and want to be taken seriously as an authority, you got to have a book. Like there's no kind of like, for me, it's a non-negotiable thing because if you feel that you're not a good writer, it's trainable. There's a formula, there's a format to it because like kind of like, how many books have you bought, Matt, just last year alone? I'm pretty sure it's more than one, right? Oh gosh, yeah, more than one. Probably a dozen last year. If you add my wife's in, we're probably close to 50. <laughs> exactly. Like my mom and dad still haven't let go of the books they bought 40, 50 years ago. And that's the power of a book. It's an easy investment for your clients to buy into your brand because a book is only what, 10 to $30 the most? Sure, so yeah. It's an easy buy to your brand. And they buy your book, they get excited, they get connected with you, they know, like, love and trust you. And then they will follow you. And then whenever you have an offer, it's easy for them to take you up on your offer because you've already built that connection with them through your books. And it happened to me so many times. People might might buy my book, they love it, they get connected with me, we have a chat, boom, they become my clients. So it's like an amazing tool, one of the best hacks to get people to become your clients. Awesome. And let's actually talk about that even a little more specific. Uh, This is where I nerd out and I get excited. I know you do too. Mm -hmm. What are, and I'm going to ask you off the top of your head, so no pressure, but what are some kind of maybe counterintuitive or ideas that you, that people might not think of off the bat, the ways to get the book in someone's hand? So for instance, when you say, hey, you know, if you have a book and someone picks it up and reads it, you know, it could lead to becoming a client. Totally get that. But what are some ways like, you know, for most of us, we're not going to have our our book in the Barnes and Noble's uh, shelf in the brick and mortar store. And I also know that's probably not the goal mm. nowadays. So what are some ways that, that we can, you know, we write this book and we can get that into the hands of clients? And how does that actually work to to start facilitating the conversation? Absolutely. The easiest way is social media. Like everybody, almost everybody got social media. So that's how I started off. I didn't want to spend $10,000, $30,000 on publicity. So I just shared, you know, a little bit about excerpts from my book, what I gained, my lessons, put a picture of me in my book, put a picture of my kids with my book. That's really highly converting, okay? Put a picture of your pets with your book, your kids with a book, you with a book. And, you know, kind of start from there when you have a video, when you do your video, just kind of like gently 
sprinkle in, hey, in my, in my book, I shared about something, something, something. So always leading of value, leading in with value to your book. Because reality is people don't care about your book. They care about what your book is going to give them, the solution or the results or something that they're wanting. So that's, that's, how, I've always, that's, uh, that's how I've always done it. I, I pay zero money on advertising. I do it on social media, on my videos. On whenever I write in publications, I would always hook people in to my book. That's kind of like the little things, the little hacks you can do that is um, by not paying any ads. The little hacks you can do to hook people in with the book. So no ads, you're not paying for promotion. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm hearing from you is you do little things like include a picture of your pet, include your family, um, you know, whatever it is that's Mm -hmm. important to you, include that in the book and then use social. And this is interesting, but I want to make sure everyone really hears what she was saying. You go on social and you're making a post, not that, hey, go buy my book. You're making a Mm -hmm. post about a particular idea within your book or something they can learn. And you give them like, almost like an article, right? Like here's some information, here's something interesting, here's an insight. I've been doing a lot of that. I'll have an event or have something happen, get some insight about it and then share that insight. But throughout Mm -hmm. the post, you know, it's like, hey, by the way, here's where this came from, you know? And that's, I'm I'm excited because I actually learned that in chapter three of my new book, that's where I'm talking about this. I love that using social media to talk about the ideas within your book, not the book itself necessarily. You also do uh, what we call anthology books, and mm-hmm. there's different names for these, but could you explain the concept behind an anthology book and why someone might consider that, especially for your first book, rather than, you know, taking the whole um, kit and caboodle, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. And the simplest way to explain um, a multi-author book, because I can't pronounce the anthropology, whatever that word is in a multi-author book what you do is you just contribute a chapter that's it and the chapter usually ranges between 2,000 words to 3,000 words so it's really is easy because then the number one biggest challenge and anybody have in writing a book is time I haven't got the time because it's a huge commitment to write 60,000 words or you know 200 pages of books And the second biggest challenge is confidence. I haven't got the confidence to write a whole book or the system, number three, the system to to conquer writing a whole book. So really easily, you just write one chapter, you collaborate with other amazing people and you get a book within a short period of time. That's how I started. It's fun. It's fast. It's awesome. And, and it's you, been proven yeah. as well, uh, not to interrupt you, but it's been proven as well. If you're familiar with the Chicken Soup for the Soul series mm-hmm. books, Jack the very Hansel. first, yeah, the very first Chicken Soup, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, uh, met and spoken on stage with both of them, good people. And the idea was instead of just, it's like this collaborative effort, right? So instead of yes, going, hey, I'm going to write a book and I want to tell you what I know, they instead brought on an anthology of people's stories. So I know you've been doing some, um, some anthology books and what do you see goes best? Is it kind of that, that chicken soup style model where they're bringing on a collaboration of stories on a topic, or is it better to do how to books? 
Um, should you stay in your lane? Like if I'm a, if I own a music store and I'm asking a lot of questions in a row. So I guess, let me start with the first couple, um, best to do more story oriented or best to do more how to oriented. How do you see that turning out? Um, I think it depends on your audience. Like my audience entrepreneurs, they're more into what are the secrets? What are the principles? What are the lessons? What are the methods? So those work really well because they just want to know what is going to, what is it going to take from me? How can I follow the model or how, what steps did you take? So if you're on another niche kind of thing, stories works really well because stories that sells, right, Matt? Like Jack Cranfield does stories, stories that, sell, that yep. sells. Stories that sells, inspiring thing. Me personally, I like stories. I always start with stories, but I'm, but I'm also narrowing it down to what are the steps? How can I make it happen? Otherwise you lift people high and they're like, okay, how do I do it then? So I'm more stories. And then towards the end, there's lessons, there's action, there's the steps that you can do to make it happen. So, um, so I would usually start with that. That's awesome. Hey, if you're joining us uh, midway through the, the show, we are talking with Dr. Izdahar Jamil. Uh, she is a number one bestselling author five times over. And also, of course, a, a book coach. She works in, in uh, publications, media. She's been featured all over, Thri <laughs> easy for me to say, Thrive Global, Forbes just recently again. And we are talking about hacks and ways to utilize a book for an entrepreneur. Um, doctor, can I now ask, once you say, so you jump in and you do an anthology book or you write mm -hmm. your own book and it takes a lot longer, but it's a great idea too at some point. When when is it time to do your own book or do you even believe that's necessary today? I'm not sure. To me, the jury's out. I'm curious on your expert opinion. Do you ever need to have your own book or should you just go kind of anthology to anthology on different topics and get yourself more pro uh, proliferated? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it depends on your goals. What are you wanting to get out of your goals? Because like, even for me, when I do multi-author book, I would usually customize um, the, the, the work so that my clients would have their own version of the book with a name on the front cover because I call it vanity, call it materialistic, but people just see the front cover. It makes a huge difference if your name on the front cover. So if you have like the need to go to places like there's a particular need for it, yes, go for your own book. Bear in mind, be mindful that it's going to take a little bit longer. It's going to take more commitment, a, a little bit more effort. Um, but if you're wanting to um, have your own book project, multi-author book project, that's another great way for you to collaborate with other people, you know, make money from that project too, because the way I work is kind of like um, each author pays um, a spot in the books because we do give a lot of services for that. So I think it depends, man. Honestly, I, I will be coming up with my own solo project this year alone after five books. And I, because of the five books, I've been to places on Fox, on Forbes, on NBC, and hundreds of other media. So I've shown and proven that you don't, even, you don't need to have your own solo book to get all this publicity and all those clients. So it depends on what you're wanting and your goals. I would say like both works. 
Yeah, I'd agree with you hundred percent, especially on when you're, when you're using the book and one of the greatest hacks with a book is to get leverage from media. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, TV and morning shows as well. And when, when you go on and talk to a producer from a small station to a large one, one mm-hmm. of the things they're looking is they ask this question, why this expert? And if you're exactly. looking for media, why this expert? Well, if I just say, hey, I'm a functional medicine doctor, well, there's a lot of functional medicine doctors. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a functional medicine doctor and I wrote a book on uh, a keto or something, now there's an expertise. And there's a reason to feature this one person over all the other ones. Um, what are some other ways that once you have a book, what are some of the unique and interesting ways you see some of your authors using their book, leveraging their book, um, sharing it to get some different kinds of results? Perfect. So one of the ways is that you can start pitching. Use your book, not your book, but your title credibility to exactly what you were saying, Matt, to pitch to media, to pitch to Forbes, to pitch to editors, to pitch to journalists and producers and create a collaboration. Uh, because like, who would, who would those people choose? Would they choose a self-proclaimed expert or someone who's been and best-selling author and been endorsed by various publications to get into that. So you can use it as a pitching tool. Yeah, we've to had the phrase into- for, yeah, sorry, we've had the phrase for years, right? Uh, for yeah. decades now, like, hey, they're the expert. They wrote the book on it, right? She wrote the book on it. And there's a reason for that, right? If, if we mm. look at the, someone who wrote the book on it. What are, do you have any like a, a specific way to maybe, so I, so I have this book. And I want to go get in the media and mm-hmm. I'm going to pitch and say, yeah, yeah, I wrote the book. Is there any, any unique tips on how to approach that pitch in the first place, how to position yourself or what to say? Do I just go, Hey, I wrote the book on this subject and I'm an expert and I want to come on your show. What are some, do you have any pitch tips? Cause I know that's something you do quite a bit of, and you do a lot of authority building for your clients and get them onto media as well. Absolutely. So when you pitch, you got to take yourself out of the equation a little bit because um, what you're pitching is the value that you're going to give to that publication or that media. Let's say Forbes, for example, right? You want to pitch an idea that's going to add value to that particular editor or journal, journalist's um, audience. So let's say you put your idea, hey, I've got an amazing story idea for you for this section. It's going to be about this. So you're pitching the idea. That's where you're going to hook them in, right? That's all editors and journalists care about, the story, the idea. Um, That's what the audience are hungry about. And then at the end, you know, uh, not at the end, like after that, introduce yourself. Just a quick introduction about me. I'm... X, Y, and Z. I'm a number one best-selling author. I was featured on Forbes or what have you not. So, and then you can also say in part of the pitch is that in my book, I wrote about this, which could be relevant, is potentially relevant to your audience. Basically, you're saying, you're not kind of like, boom, I'm a best-selling author. You need to get me into here because I'm the best. That People don't care about you. They care about themselves. They care about what's going to add value to their audience, to their clients, to the um, to their customer base. So come in with a value that what you can offer them. And then towards the end, give your credibility. Because then they're like, oh, I love this idea. Who is this person? Oh, this person is this. She's written a book. She's been here, 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 here. 
oh, okay, cool. Let me answer her or let me get back to her. That's how I've always pitched and it's highly converting and getting the result. That's outstanding. So let me just kind of reiterate, you're, you're leading in a pitch with an idea that's relevant to the mm-hmm. audience, the person, the publication, the geographic area, the time, whatever that hook is, but you're leading yes. with the idea. And if you hook them with the idea, then they go, ooh, I like this idea, who sent it to me? And then they're gonna look down and find prestige, credibility, are you the expert, et cetera. That's awesome. As, as, we, as we kind of wind down here, I know we're coming uh, close to close to our time. I can't believe it goes so fast in these shows. Yeah. Not for another hour. Um, I know, again, we're talking about pitching. You and a lot of what you're doing is building authority for your groups. Um, feel free to. I know we've built authority with you and for you here. So you have some great resources and tools. Where do we find out more about you? Plug your stuff, man. I'd love to have that. And everybody you should be following is Dahar. Where can we find out more about you? And uh, what do you have that we should check out of yours first? So you can check out my free course, The Fast Authority Accelerator. So if you're wanting to book speaking gigs, media, TED, Forbes, and be a best-selling author, The Fast Authority Accelerator, you can get it from my website, um, is diharjamil.com and there's, um, there's a link there on Fast Authority. And if you want to find me um, all over social media, you can't miss me. And search for is diharjamil and my website is isdiharjamil.com. That's outstanding. So I'll spell it if you're just uh, driving the car. It's I-Z-D-I-H-A-R, Izdahar, Izdahar. Once you get it down, you'll never forget it. Izdahar Jamil, J-A-M-I-L. Uh, so head over to isdaharjamil.com uh, and you can grab our Fast Authority Accelerator course. And that's free. It's a free course. That's pretty cool. And then follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and everywhere. And listen, if you uh, if you get this show on demand you, or if you listen to it live, you can get it on demand. Head over to any platform, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, iHeart, wherever you get podcasts. This also, of course, syndicates on the podcast channels. There's almost 250 episodes, more than that at this point, uh, in the archives. So feel free to jump in there. They're all free. You can get some awesome, awesome uh, content. And if you just click on uh, the most recent episode, you'll see Izdahar's episode in there with show notes with all the links to follow. Izzy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you as an entrepreneur. I appreciate you as a mom. I appreciate you as a human. Uh, Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, man. It's been a blessing. And thank you, everyone, for listening. May peace be upon you and have a fantastic day. That is how we do it. Hey, that's the show this week. Thanks for tuning in to The Driven Entrepreneur. My thanks again to my guest, Izdahar Jamil. Uh, Dr. Jamil has been all over uh, publications and all over building authority. And we've been talking about book hacks and how to use a book to grow your authority and to grow your business. If you like this show, if this was valuable to you, one of the best things you could do is send it one-on-one to someone. And we always say, share it on your social, share it here. But the truth is, if you sent it to one friend, you go over to where you get the show on demand on podcasts and you share it with one friend on a text or an email and you say, hey, check out this episode. Um, That does such wonders to help grow this message. I appreciate you so much. As usual, get out there and stay driven. Stay driven, right? Get driven, stay driven. That's what we do. We're entrepreneurs. All right, I'll see you next week with another driven entrepreneur. Bye-bye.